Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode. Today's talk is going to be all about building your personal brand, the do's and don'ts, why you need a personal brand, the strategy behind it. And with that, I have a the guest, Chase Neely, and he is the co-founder and president of Leverage Brands. And by trade and training, he has a background in intellectual property as an attorney, and he's helped songwriters, producers, authors, and creatives alike. So I'm happy to welcome him to the show and get into the conversation. Uh, Chase, welcome. Thank you. And thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, kind of tell people your journey. You got, you, it's interesting. You went from intellectual property attorney, and now you're helping people build their personal brand. Talk about that journey. Yeah, I like to say it's just been that typical path that everybody expects. You know, uh, I went to school at Belmont University here in Nashville, Tennessee for classical voice. Uh, And around my junior year, I figured out that my friends were getting deals that were not good for them. And I didn't know why. So I went to law school to figure it out. And when I got back, I started practicing. Um, But the first job that I could get, it was during that, you know, right at the end of this recession in 2009. The first job I got offered was for a social media position, because that was my background prior to law school. And so I said, yeah, I can do your social media. I can also do your legal work. And so within six months, I had replaced the outside firms and I had become uh, eventually at that company, the CMO, so the chief marketing officer and the general counsel. And when that company dissolved, the COO and I started Leverage Brands back in 2018. So just just the typical path, Chris, exactly what you'd expect. Again, I, I, I tell clients all the time the same story, you know, you know, kind of that straight linear path. But um, the you've actually hit on a really gold mine because this power of personal branding is like so important today. It's kind of like this is how you will stay in business. This is how you outsmart competitors. So talk about the power of personal branding and why you're your best asset. Yeah, I think it's crucial, really, because the only thing that you can take with you from hospital to hospital or from clinic to clinic is yourself, right? You're not taking anything with you necessarily. The clientele might be more tied to the clinic than to um, the particular doctor. But if you work on your personal brand and if you have that core story of what you're going to do and how you're going to help that patient, then that patient sticks with you because they know that you're going to provide them what they need. And it's building that trust over time that allows you to build a personal brand. That's not only 
crucial to the success while you're working at the particular clinic or hospital, but also takes you to the next job and the next. And it builds a referral network. And it does all these things that are crucial for building a practice through building your personal brand. So it's something that's necessary. Um, and I think it can be a little unapproachable. And that's why I started going on podcasts to tell people about it. Yeah. In recently, I've had a couple of guests on the show talk about exactly what you're talking about, personal brand. And they refer to this new type of currency in the digital space as um, attention capital. Kind of talk about attention capital and how you relates to personal brand. Well, I think it's something that for doctors especially, I think they'll understand this. Attention capital is not something you can take to the bank, <laughs> but it is something that you can cash in on, right? And yeah. so you think about when you're out in public, when you're working with uh, nonprofits or other things in your community, when you are building relationship, that can now be done not just on a local level, but it can be done on a national and international level as well. And so it's the same things that you would have done to be the family doctor for X township, right? Back in the 1960s. But now you can be the family doctor for the United States. Uh, I had a, a doctor who had some standing shows on, uh, it was either the Today Show or Good Morning America back in the 80s. And he, he found the power of personal branding because he became what he became, America's doctor. And you can leverage that into whatever you want, whether it's writing books, doing podcasts, or just continuing to rise up in the field that you're in, um, in the hospital or in the academia, whatever it is, that personal brand is an asset that you can cash in on as you go forward. So that attention capital becomes crucial for longevity in your career, really. Yeah. And some of the really key examples that come to mind, like, you know, Dr. Phil or um, Sanjay Gupta, you know, if you actually, you know, their clinical skills, you know, may, may, they may, some people may be better than them actually in clinical practice, but they know how to leverage TV and media and they're much, they're financially much in a stronger position because they know this idea of uh, relationship and attention capital, which talks about this idea of building your personal brand and starting out. I started out building my personal brand through writing. So you talk about books in the digital age and author spotlight, uh, talk about how you build books can build your personal brand. Yeah, I think they can be the tip of the spear. And really, it's just a couple of different areas that you need to look at to see, okay, which tip of the spear am I going to choose? Because here's the thing. If you think you have better clinical skills than Dr. Phil <laughs> or than Dr. Gupta, the world needs you to build your personal brand so that we can figure that out, right? We need great clinical workers who, who have these amazing skills to be known. And so it's important for you to build your personal brand and you need to find that thing that's going to penetrate the noise in the world to give you the platform that you need to get known by more people. And so a book can be that thing. I mean, I can talk to Chris and say, hey, Chris, I have a book about personal branding, which is right above my shoulder. It's, you know, it's subtle, but it's there. Yeah. And I can say, can I be on your podcast so that we can talk about that and how it might affect doctors? And that gives me the angle to build my personal brand, but it can do the same thing for you. What is the thing that you have figured out in your years of practice or in your clinical studies that you know the world needs to hear? Write about it and write about it, not just in a book, but on blogs, go on podcasts, talk about it. But if you have a book, people tend to take you more seriously. And I think that's why a lot of people use that as the tip of the spear. 
Yeah. And then one thing uh, that I was talking about is um, there's a lot of misconceptions about authors basically because you know they misconceive is like um you know jk rowling or michael Crichton, and you know the reality is that most uh books authors don't get rich from books but they get rich from other opportunities so kind of talk about how that relates to your personal brand and coming to into more opportunities yeah absolutely i think it's that tip of the spear right that's what i mean by that is people write a book and they send it out into the world to get that penetration into the market. But a book is $14 or $25, right? And so you're not, you got to sell a lot of books to get rich off of books. And so what doctors can do because people trust doctors, right? And because people know that they know what they're talking about. You've been to years of schooling. They can use that book then to book speaking engagements, or they can use that book to build products, digital products where they're teaching core things about health or about different things. And because you have that credential at the end of your name, you're able to do it differently than somebody. Like if I wanted to teach a health class, nobody's going to listen to me. (laughs) Why would they listen to me about that? Right. But from a doctor, they're going to take that seriously. And so there's a lot of different ways to use your book and, and that ability to get into your niche as the foot in the door to then grow other revenue streams alongside of it. And I think we've, we've had a lot of success doing that with all sorts of professionals who are transitioning from one career to another or just want an additional revenue stream in the career they're in today. I want to transition into kind of um, from the author into, you know, brand building. And um, what have you done in brand building that really works and that people should try and, um, you know, we'll go further into the discussion? I think one of the things that is left by the wayside in brand building is the foundational things. Uh, That's the core message, your core values, kind of why you do what you do, who you do it for, and what you're trying, what result you're trying to get them to achieve. Okay. And it's not, it's maybe not an intentional thing to leave that by the wayside, but it's something that you just feel so deeply that you don't explicitly write that out. But if you're able to write that out into one sentence, then you're able to build a platform around that thing. The book's going to be related to that thing. Your speeches are going to be related to that thing. Uh, your outreach is going to be related to that thing as well. And for us, we've made it our literally the name of our company. We leverage brands. That's what we do. And so if you can get it that succinct and that clear, that's going to carry you into what should I do next? And I think the failings of personal brands that we've seen, even in the medical space, has been them forgetting why they're doing what they're doing. What is the result they're trying to get for that end user? And if you can keep that central, that message is going to allow you to be authentic and that authenticity allows you to build trust and that trust allows you to make sales eventually, right? And so you got to be consistent in those things so that you can grow your personal brand. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned things such as, you know, staying on point and consistency. Um, What are some other things that personal brands do to succeed and fail? This is a great question because we've done most of them. Uh, We've been doing this for 11 years. And so we've tried a bunch of things and a lot of them have not worked. Um, uh, But that's, that's allowed us to learn. Right. And so I think really the, the traps that I see personal brand fall into are, are two. First is they have analysis paralysis. So they get to the point of saying, I want to have a personal brand. I want to do this. I want to help people. I want to get them the result that I know that I can get them. And then there's so many options available. Should I start a YouTube channel? Should I start a podcast? Should I start a blog? 
I should probably uh, get my social media going on Facebook. Should I contribute to Facebook groups? What about paid ads? How do we feel about that? And all of those things come together to make you do nothing because you don't know how to do any of them and it becomes an overwhelming task. And on the flip side, you have personal brands who say, I'm ready to build a personal brand and they try everything. But you can't do everything well. You can't be everywhere. That's what my business partner always says. You can't be everywhere, but you have to be somewhere. And so the sweet spot where we've seen brands be really successful is to make a plan and stick to the plan. So you make the plan, you execute on the plan, you measure the results, and then you test and iterate. And so if you can get to that sweet spot of just making a plan and doing it and then testing and iterating on it, uh, that's going to lead you to more progress than anything else. And so that that's the way that I would lean to get yourself in a place where you have a plan and you're executing on the plan. The other question is, um, how do, you know, how do entrepreneurs and business owners interested in building their brand, how do they build a team to help them? It's tough. I mean, we, we initially, when we started leverage brands, we were working with four brands a year. Uh, and the reason that we did that is because we were a marketing team in a box for those brands. So we'd come alongside them and we would do everything across the board for their marketing initiatives for the personal brand. And there's not a whole lot of companies like us that are able to do that because a digital marketing agency, you know, you have to turn clients and you have to, the bank doesn't take, like we said, attention capital. So you got to keep moving forward and get, get different clients in and out the door and turn that over. Um, and so when we have found that we were able to get a client who was in that spot is because they tried to build a team and they failed. And so here's, here's the advice that I have when you're building your team, hire slow and fire quickly. That's really what it comes down to. You're going to know when you're bringing somebody into your personal brand, you're going to know if they're somebody you want to hang out with, somebody you want to spend time with somebody who you would trust to be in your emails. It's that level of trust that you need to get to. And so you got to go slowly through that to raise any red flags. You're almost looking for that stop sign to say, okay, that's what I was looking for. We're not going to move forward with you. Uh, so go slowly in that process, not not like at a glacial pace, but, you know, take some time. And then as soon as that trust is broken, it's going to be really hard for you to rebuild that. So move on quickly. Uh, and we've actually run across that with clients that we've had where there was something that happened with our team. Our team's, you know, rather large for a digital marketing agency that does this kind of stuff. And they weren't able to rebuild that trust. And we said, listen, it's probably better for us to just separate. It's better for us to split ways. You need to find somebody that you can trust. And if that trust is not going to be with us, find somebody who you can trust. And so you got to find the right partners in that journey. And that's the best way that we found to do it. Hire slow, fire fast. I love that. Uh, I love that it's it's not how, it's who. And uh, get the people on the right bus. And so what are your recommendations for actually getting started? And how quickly does it take to build a personal brand? Yeah, we always say it especially when we're doing a proposal, we say it's going to be more expensive than you think. And it's going to take longer than you think. (laughs) It's almost like a construction project. You think about building a house. uh, What do they say? Add double the time and double the cost. That's what you need to do for a construction project for a platform. It's similar, but that's not because the work is necessarily difficult. And it's something that you can't do on your own. It's because a lot of the efforts that you're going to take, take time. So like to rank for something on Google, that might take six months and you have to be willing to put the time in and the effort to stick with the plan long enough to see if the results are going to, are going to be there for you. Um, but after that six months, you got to have a pivot 
what am I going to do next to drive traffic? Uh, and you might find somewhere like Podmatch and you might say, I'm going to go on Podmatch and I'm going to find people to be on a podcast. Mm -hmm. That's a great opportunity. What is that driving for you revenue wise so that you can continue to prove that opportunity over and over and over again? So it's about it's about making sure you have a plan, making sure you give the plan time to work or not work and then moving on quickly to the next thing. But as far as the time that it takes, gosh, we have seen hockey stick growth in a year and we've seen hockey stick growth in three years on building brands from scratch. It just depends on the brand and the niche. And so you got to you got to make sure that you're not going in with unreasonable expectations, but also that you're giving your efforts time to simmer and to eventually grow. I'm sorry. Moving on from building the personal brand to mastering the message and talk about, you know, navigating the digital landscape, crafting a winning marketing strategy, the different types of strategies and in uh, in all of that. So I think this is changing and that's a core part of digital marketing, right? It's always changing. Anybody who tells you they're a digital marketing expert, don't listen to them because we don't know. I mean, we're just trying stuff. The digital marketing expert is an expert at testing and iterating. That's, that's the truth. We're really just scientists in like any other scientist. We have a hypothesis, we test it, we measure, and then we test something else until we find the right thing. Um, but I think the, the best digital marketing strategy right now is an omni-channel approach. And if you're just starting out, I'd probably start with three different things. So you want to start with three top of the funnel activities that are going to drive leads that you'll have control over to an email list or to an SMS list or something along those lines. Uh, and follow your curiosity when you're doing that. It doesn't have to be three particular spots, but you might do YouTube, you might do uh, a blog, and you might do another social media platform test, whether it's TikTok. I know some doctors are having success on TikTok believe it or not. Right. And so you, you could try TikTok, but you want to try several different things and build traffic from multiple sources. And once you're building the traffic from multiple sources, you can add sources in. And if you lose one, you're not going to lose everything. And that's really, I think that omni channel is the strategy to go with today. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Uh, you know, um, talking to digital marketers, it's, it's really interesting because uh, I never agreed with it. They were just like, start out on one platform, learn it and grow. But I was always thinking what happens if you're getting impersonated, get channel gets hacked or shut down, censored. Uh, that's, so that always advocated the omni channel and, or even better yet, just kind of understand those channels and kind of branch out and kind of grow your, be omnipresent and 24 seven. Yeah. yeah. That's always. interesting, Chris. Cause I do think that's a change um, over the last even three years, because I think digital marketers initially, we were all specialists. We all had one thing that we were specialists at and that's what we would recommend because we knew it, it would work. So you yeah. might've had a Facebook ads person who said, I can get you the results on Facebook ads. You might've had an SEO person who said, I can get you the results with SEO. And that's all you need to focus on to drive the leads. <laughs> but now with the algorithms shifting how they have, the, the traffic itself is being throttled across the board. And so now we're all scrambling to say, well, we're not pulling in the traffic we were pulling in from Google. Where is that other traffic going to come from? And that's why I'm saying build build a steady foundation, build that three pot three prong approach to start with, and then you want to get it to a list that you do control because you can't control the algorithms. So get it to an email list or an SMS list, and that that's going to be the core to your personal brand business moving forward. Is the email list you can build or the SMS list you can build? Yeah, yeah. So well said. How can how can people um, 
contact you, check you out, work with you, uh, reach out to you, et cetera? Well, first, I would love that. I would love nothing more. One of our core values is to share our expertise. So we want to chat. We want to answer your specific marketing questions about your personal brand. So if you go to leveragebrands.co slash pod, that's leveragebrands.co slash pod. I've actually opened up some time on my calendar for you guys to reach out. We'll spend about 30 minutes together and we'll see what's what's going on with you and how we can help you reach more people online because we want to leverage your brand, right? It's in our sentence. It's what we do. So um, that's the way to get in contact with me, leveragebrands.co slash pod. Yeah. And for all the audience out there, let's thank uh, Chase for this um, really cutting edge ideas um, about your personal brand and social relationship capital and using digital marketers, um, staying on point, think authorship. And uh, all these resources will be in the links and show notes. Be sure to check out his book in the background. Every step counts. I'm sure it's on Amazon. And uh, with that, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.